Welcome back to the Behind the Curtain series on the Web.com podcast. Our next guest is the owner of the Rugs Rats, Riley. Unlike Colin, Riley joined Web with an arsenal of Dynasty tools and a resume that included a Dynasty championship. But Web would be a test unlike any Riley had seen before, and now we get an inside view of the Rugs Rats' first season. of the Behind the Curtain series here on the web.com podcast. This is installment number three. We've had Tim, we've had Colin, and now we get from the Rugs Rats, our second expansion franchise, Riley is in the house. How you doing? What's up, fellas? <laughs> Living the dream. Not much. <laughs> living the dream <laughs> well uh we yeah we had a really good conversation with colin uh obviously what i told him is that the expansion teams are kind of like our children you know we, we watch you grow up and you know it's just it was a really emotional season to to see both of you just kind of arriving and i'm really looking forward to getting inside your mind because unlike colin who didn't have any dynasty experience, you were coming in from the complete opposite angle of having a dynasty career that was full of accolades already. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be a completely different conversation with you, Riley. And I think there's no better place to start than where we started with Colin, which is just general impressions. 2020, your first year in web. What'd you think? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic my first year here in web. Just really, it's a different level of literally everyone caring so much about their teams, their successes, their failures, and anything they can do to improve their teams. It's completely different, and it was a tremendous experience to like have that level of people match like how much I care versus like how every how much everyone else cares now. Yeah. So, I mean, web obviously is a, is a unique beast and, um, with coming over from Kiel, I mean, we had heard so much about this monster that you had built up in Kiel and obviously coming off of a championship and, uh, you know, your, your confidence over there was, you know, couldn't have been higher. Then you come over here and you have this project, you have this giant rebuild and you're, you're coming at it as, you know, a team that's expected to finish, you know, in bottom three, which you did, you were, uh, 10th in the league. We mentioned with Colin's top conversation 10. that, yeah, top 10, and you and Colin <laughs> were basically neck and neck for, for points per game. I mean, you, you essentially had identical, uh, resumes that way, but, uh, what was the experience like coming over from Kiel and, you know, kind of taking it from a different angle and what sort of, you know, different main differences did you see? Yeah. I mean, the main difference is everybody really knows what they're doing here. It's a lot harder to make those 
deals, like every deal is pretty, I mean, in my opinion, you never really see too many that shock you when they come through in terms of like, oh, that's a bad deal for someone. Like they're usually pretty even and pretty justified. Um, so it's just written and like really just with the rebuilding team and starting from the scratch up, just like focusing on the receivers, getting my receivers down as well as I could. And then hopefully I can find some running back help along the way and got the quarterback, got my linebackers, just really focusing on those main big point scorers and then going from there and building out to eventually be competitive. Mm -hmm. So are you still, have you started to shift gears? Are you starting to focus back on the defense and the running backs or is it still focusing on those wide receivers and any deals that you can make that come up? Yeah, it's just going to be about value. Really, I mean, I'll I'll trade a bunch of I'll trade a bunch of receivers if I have to. I'll bring more receivers in wherever I can find players I like that fit the Rugrats culture. I'm gonna bring them in. Yeah, we. I mean, we saw obviously that you were an incredibly active trader this year. I I don't know the exact numbers, but you had to have been. Uh, one of the most active, if not the most active trader, which, I mean, as a new owner and, and having to kind of feel out every other owner and how they like to do deals, I mean, um, you definitely got a good taste of that. But uh, the one trade that we all, we talked about all season long and that we you know we keep coming back to even right now was one of the first deals that you made. It was actually, I think, the second trade that you made after getting into the league, which was acquiring A.J. Brown, who obviously coming off of an incredible rookie season, cementing himself as a top dynasty asset, and you were able to just come in and, and pull him away from Kelvin. Uh, if you if you want to dial back in time, it's been almost a year now, but what, what was that trade like, and what, what did those negotiations look like? Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of me just kind of checking in with Calvin, just talking to him, being like, hey, I really want A.J. Brown. What's it going to take? And eventually, just through negotiations and talking, we I threw an offer into his inbox. And what was it? Robbie Anderson and then my 2021st, second, and third for A.J. So that was enough for him. And I was ecstatic when it happened because I think A.J. Brown is probably, like, going forward, going to be a top-five wide receiver in the league. I think he's one of the best. Whether it comes to separation, yak, especially yak, just an absolute freak. So really glad to get him in the fold. Who fits my timeline is also going to be that wide receiver one for me. Yeah, I think that trade... Even when it came in, I think that was the start of the the little web controversy of these lopsided trades coming in, and it ended up actually almost swinging back in Calvin's favor. So it goes back to what you said: you never fully every trade is justified in web. So, but it was still a really coming out party for you immediately going out and getting that stud wide receiver, despite what. Calvin's picks turned into so it was a it was a real statement. Um, I'm gonna remember it forever. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was that. What's exactly what it was? It was a statement. 
you know, you can come in as this hot prospect and you immediately tell people what's up. Like, yeah, I'm not messing around. I just grabbed AJ Brown. Mother Lickers. Yeah. Well, yeah, I said Mother Lickers. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. <laughs> That's what I said. Well, you obviously, like I just said, you've made a ton of trades, and the A.J. Brown one was kind of the first one of note, but there were many of note throughout the season. I mean, picking up D.J. Chark, um, picking up Hollywood Brown, picking up uh, Justin Herbert, who we're going to talk about in depth later on. But um, of all the trades that you made, are there any that particularly stand out to you now as you know deals that you're really happy with or that you know the negotiations were particularly notable or anything like that um the the justin herbert one obviously really altered my course for my season even last year and like really the course of my franchise instead of going into this draft in desperate need of a quarterback um, yeah. I have probably the best young like really I mean he had was the best rookie just a young really good who's going to do great fantasy and in real life uh so i'm really excited about that and i think i got him i I got it on the ground floor after he started after they punctured tyrod's lung in (laughs) pregame so got it reward took a shot at him because i mean i loved him i had been negotiating with dan for him beforehand and then after he played, I was like, yeah, this this needs to happen. So Herbert was a guy that had been on your radar the whole way. or Because to me, it was like it was either you were targeting this guy or you just saw really good value in picking him up. And I think you're saying that he was a target for you. Oh, yeah, he was a target for me the entire time. I've got multiple shares of him in other dynasty leagues. I really, truly believed in his talent. I think he's good. Plus, he's got he's mobile, too, and I always look for mobile quarterbacks just for fantasy purposes. But, yeah, I mean, I, I know he was involved in the Taylor Rapp discussions when I was discussing that with Dan, but ultimately Frazier ended up winning out. Uh, for Ray, Taylor Rapp, winning out. <laughs> Hooray for me! <laughs> you got Bradley Chubb out of it though, so that was. That yeah, was good thing I didn't plus. get Josh Allen, who I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been. <laughs> it would have been even worse. Uh. Yeah, but like the Herbert negotiations, um, I was really glad to get Chark in the fold. I paid a lot for him, but I saw that deal. I really wanted to make that deal then coming off that year because I thought there was really no way it would go like wrong for me because in my opinion, it was But going into the season. It was either A, Gardner Minshew keeps it up and is actually good, and DJ Chark has a young, good quarterback paired with him who he has chemistry with. Or he's going to blow up. He's the worst, like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, and they're going to be in a position to take a Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. And I was like, either either way, DJ Chark's going to have a good quarterback. And I was like, this might be the time to get in on him after he had a good year. But if he did, if he had a great year last year, I mean, Frazier, there's, I mean, there's no way Frazier would be selling him at all. So hopefully, Trevor Lawrence is everything we all think he is, and DJ Chark can. Be the guy I know and love. Yeah, that's kind of that's a wild trade because 
obviously Roquan goes on to win defensive player of the year. And I think that was maybe a little bit forgotten that you came out of the expansion draft with Roquan and you, you know, immediately were looking to flip some of these guys and you pull in a receiver like that and works out for Frazier too. And just kind of another example of a really good trade for both sides. Yeah, it was a classic win-win. Gave me the ammo to trade up for CD as well. So that Ooh, was nice. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the the Herbert deal kind of goes under the radar. As it, I think it kind of gets overshadowed by the Chark and the AJ Brown a little bit. But I think with the way Webb is heading, I think these elite quarterbacks are going to be even harder to harder and harder to come by. I think they're going to get drafted early and earlier. So to get in and just get that elite quarterback right off the bat, I think it's going to be huge long-term. Like Even looking at your other expansion counterpart with Tua kind of struggling, there's question marks there. And I feel like as a rebuild, that's kind of one of the first positions you're going to want to fill now in, in web is to get try and get in on that elite quarterback for a long time. So, yeah, that was a nice little timing there. Also, let us not forget because we may have already forgotten that the pick before Justin Herbert in the draft was Caleb selecting his franchise quarterback of the future, Jordan Love. So. <laughs> oh, don't, don't remind him of that. I reminded him of that the other day when I was looking at the web draft picks. He had uh, Jordan Love and then the next two picks for the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> didn't even realize that yeah yeah wow. hey well he'll be laughing in four years when mm-hmm. love is a top <laughs> 15 quarter <laughs> oh that was mean <laughs> top 15 hey guys you know Bill's what there's there's himself yeah, it's true it came on. well you know you know he he's still on this vacation of his and i mean if he's yeah. he wants nice. to come back and throw some hands i'm ready but yeah, you know what? There's something special about having the Packers quarterback in Webb, and I can I can see him wanting to go out and get it. Well, we'll talk yeah. we'll talk to him about that when the time comes. We'll mm-hmm. we'll get our chance. But um, speaking of the draft, I mean, obviously, with your situation, young young talent and draft capital is is you know what you're looking to do. And you had plenty of picks in the 2020 draft, and you're primed for another uh, haul in the 2021 draft, starting at third overall. But going back to 2020, the second round is particularly interesting because you were able to draft Henry Ruggs at 14, which was a, a polarizing player that some people thought, you know, was going to be a first round pick and obviously he fell to the second and to 14. And then you were able to pick up one of your guys, um Michael Pittman, uh, a couple picks later. So that little one two combo I feel like is is, you know, we came out of the draft thinking that's those are going to be two guys to build around. Uh where is your head at with those two uh going into 2021? Um, as far as Henry Ruggs, uh, he is the namesake of the team, so he has that going for him. It's true. Um, other than that, very fast. <laughs> I think he did get a bit of a <laughs> still fast. He got a bit He's of still a fast. <laughs> he still still runs fast. <laughs> uh, 
you know, I, I've been working with Henry. He's just he's been really putting in the work already this offseason. He understands we have a we have a big expectations. He was the first pick ever made by the franchise. And uh you know, there's a lot of doubters out there. But I think I think he has a lot of talent in him. He just needs to develop more. He is a young prospect and I have all the faith in the world that he could eventually be a player for us. That being said, uh, the first year was not super encouraging. But, and then as, in regards to Pittman, I love that man. I'm definitely really, really excited for this upcoming season for him. He showed out in the playoff game. He had a few games this year where he flashed his ability, like being a huge receiver who's actually pretty nimble and like can make cuts, run routes and stuff like that. So really love that guy. Just got to see who the Colts are going to get a quarterback. I was really hopeful they would be the team that got Stafford. I thought that would have been a great fit for Pippen, but we'll see where they go. And if they can get a good quarterback in there, that's not Jacoby Brissett or Carson Wentz. I would be really happy with that. What the beautiful thing is too is you put your team in a position where these guys are your bench wide receivers. So yeah, yep. Anything that you get out of them is a plus from this point on. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the thing here is like you accumulated so much wide receiver talent and depth this year, and you know now these two guys kind of where we would have envisioned them kind of being centerpieces. They get to kind of just sit back and you can kind of wait for them to arrive. Um, but you know, you do have quite a bit of wide receiver depth. Is there a, is there a plan with, are you looking to maybe shuffle those guys for some other spots or are you, are you happy with that depth? Um, I'm really happy with my depth right now. And even at three, I'll just say it. I mean, I know uh, Alien Fan was talking. He wants the smoke, the smoke <laughs> screen. But I might have dabbled a little bit with little Kyle Pitts talk. Oh God! <laughs> Which he is. Yeah, he's. I love that dude. But, <laughs> but I. I mean, receivers now the question at three either for me. I will take the player I like the most, whether it's Pitts, a receiver, or a certain running back that could be there uh i will take whoever i believe is in the best situation combined with their talent and because i can i'm not i'm not afraid to move players i'll move them when i need to move them but right now just really waiting hopefully year two we'll see where these guys shake out if rugs doesn't take a step forward it's like well figure that out but if Pittman steps up it makes room to move other people and I'm good with keeping all of them. I'm good with moving them. Just whoever can get me a someone wants to toss me a running back. They're all available. So, well, not AJ, but <laughs> not, no, you stay away from him. <laughs> yeah, no, it, no AJ is not available. Well, you mentioned you mentioned three, and that's the next stop for your team. Your franchise gets to add another superstar piece uh to the fold here are you willing to share what your process has been like what your board is shaping up like or even just uh a general idea of what 
where your head's at with that pick right now. Also, totally forgot to talk about Chase Claypool at all. Which yeah, he he's receiver another forgotten the bench wide receiver. receiver. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't need them because my third round pick decided to be the best receiver out of all. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going I'm to tie something in quick, too, because I was looking at your starting lineup and potential starting lineup for 2021. And you got Herbert, you got a potential breakout player and A.J. Dillon. You have your receivers we talked about, A.J. Brown, Claypool, Chark, plus depth behind them. You got a pretty decent tight end situation. Your defense is young and you're getting Devin Bush back. Is a potential playoff push in the question? Is it being factored in as maybe filling in this RB2 spot, making a run? No, yeah, I mean, that's the way, that's the crazy thing about three, is like, I see myself, it's like, if I can get an RB2, and Dylan ends up, like, we don't resign Aaron Jones, and I can fill in that RB2, I also have Damian Harris, who I think is very RB2-y, uh, yeah. even though it's not, like, ideal, but, like, another guy who can play, like, <laughs> I'm like... RB2-y. That is my new favorite <laughs> adjective. I will be using it all season long. Miles, Miles Gaskin, RB2E. Very RB2E right there. Dave is going to hate when I start calling his wide receivers wide receiver 2 we going to fucking hate it. <laughs> okay. What was the question again? <laughs> is a potential oh, playoff, playoff yeah. push factored into your decision making at three? I mean, that's why that was my whole goal last year is to set myself up where three I could get a player who could put me like I focused on getting I got the three linebackers, I've got decent D line. If Xavier McKinney is good and Grant Delpit can come back along with Kari Willis, I got I think I got solid DBs like or there's potential at DB. And then I like my tight end situation with Henry and then. Uh, upside prospects like Bryant and Troutman. Uh, and then receiver, we covered it. Running backs, and that's the thing. I got quarterback, just a running back. And I think I'm a playoff, like a team that can compete for a playoff spot. Also, there is a lack of depth at these positions, obviously. So one player goes down, like Devin Bush went down. I'm looking at starting Bobby Okariki all year. <laughs> not necessarily ideal <laughs> but yeah so i think i think the goal is to be around that like 500 mark that's my upside goal i really would be looking forward to and just really being more competitive in games yeah 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 i mean that well that's the crazy thing is that you know i mentioned last on the conversation with colin that 2022 felt like the first realistic point for either of your teams to start considering the playoffs. Like if you just crushed the rebuild and the, and came out of expansion, just firing that 2022 was a realistic target. But I mean, it is true that looking at your starting lineup and what you've been able to build in just one year, I mean, we've seen weird things happen in web and we've seen, you know, bounces not go, uh, the team's way that, you know, we expect it to go. 
And you certainly have enough talent here to to make that sort of a push, especially in if we do end up with that fifth playoff spot. That's going to really open it up a little bit. But um, let me ask, let me put it to you like this. Tim is already doing his weird thing with number one, where he's like <laughs> taking a worse player. I don't really get, but he's doing that. And, you know, we can say that if he takes Waddle, we'll say Colin takes Chase. That feels like a pretty safe assumption. So you're sitting at three looking at your pick of Najee or ETN. Which of those two players? Or do, or Okay, or Pitts or Devonta Smith or any of these other names. But <laughs> let's say running back is you, you are looking at this like I am a running back away. I think I can get the fifth seed if I fill in this RB2 hole. Najee or ETN, which of those players do you think would do it for you? Um, I haven't. Javante. I haven't haven't dove in. I haven't like watched like a bunch of full game stuff. Like I did watch a lot of like Bama and Clemson throughout the year, obviously, and like throughout their careers, I've seen them play a lot, but. So I haven't gotten to that point. I like both prospects. That could be a landing spot kind of deal. Uh, just seeing, because I think, I think Travis is more of a, he's very landing spot dependent. You got to get a team that's willing to use his full skill set and allow him to like do what he did at Clemson where he's catching, catching the ball, running the ball, doing stuff, trying not to make him pass pro as much as possible. But where I think Najee is more, he'll fit like any scheme. It just depends on if he's going to have early opportunity or if a team like a, if he ends up being more of a luxury pick for a team. Never Makes know sense. what's going to happen. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot more, obviously, with the landing spots, and that's kind of where we're at right now. But I didn't know if one of those two was popping off the popping off the screen for you. No, I mean they both. They both are. They both pop in their different ways. Uh, yeah. Etn's obviously. Etn's got that contact balance, which I love, and the acceleration and top end speed. Where Najee isn't that type of player, but, but like you see the patience, the power, and then if he gets an open field, he can he can turn it up too. So like Najee. Kind of feels like if he got into a situation where he'd be a starter, the if Riley did want to make a run in 2021 or attempt to, that that would be the pick. Just that nice pass catching big running back. If he gets into a situation where he's got an open backfield, feels like your safest pick if you want to make a run. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of Math Forte comps to Nash, and I think that's a really good comp for. Najee Harris, he's just that taller pass catch, like where he can catch the ball too and powerful. So I see that with Najee. Uh, but I mean, yeah, if I was taking him, it would have to be planning on a run fairly quick since he's 98 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah, it's no. almost 30 already. <laughs> <laughs> 
I got the uh, highest average age of running backs on my team, and I'm at like 26. So that just goes to show how yeah. quickly uh, we throw those away to the side. But, um, well, so you're going into you're you know navigating the off season here. You got a year under your belt. You've seen your guys. You've made trades with most of the league. I would say probably. Um, what are you, what are you up to right now? Are you, have you been chatting with anybody? Are you targeting any players floating any names out there? What's going on? Yeah, it's been pretty light. Um, kind of just testing some waters on stuff, getting a lot of not really looking to trade until after the draft. Yeah. And that's like, you know, I understand because personally that's what I tell people when they play <laughs> me sometimes too. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I mean, just kind of floating. I mean, Marquise, like Hollywood's on the trade block. I love the kid, but it is, I have a lot of receivers. And like I said, almost all of them are kind of available for a price. It's just kind of finding a deal that I like for these players. Um, it's one thing I made the deal with Dan because I was like, I thought that's good value for him. Like two seconds and Justin Jackson. I was like, I can pull the trigger on that. Why not get another <laughs> receiver in the fold? Yeah. But like looking back now, it's like, oh, well, I could have those picks right now and have more ammo to make moves for other things. Yeah. But like I said, but I like Hollywood, so it's not like I'm dying to trade him. But I'm floating his name out there since you asked it. Um, and really, like everyone's pretty much available, other than AJ. And I mean, AJ Brown and then AJ Dillon would be a really tough get right now just because there's so much potential there that I wouldn't get the value that's possible with I it until of, at least after free agency. I thought about asking about him and I was like, it's not, not going to happen. I feel it's like at this point, it. you'd have to pay for him as if he had already become the number yeah. one running back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, if if someone is willing to do that, I mean, I'm all ears. <laughs> but, <laughs> also, just it's also one of those deals where it's like it would almost have to be another young running back because I'm not really in the position to be like, oh, a potential bell cow running back, get the hell off my team. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How about so it's a lot easier. <laughs> Let's just go on our merry way. Yeah, you want to make a playoff run in 2021. There you go. Zeke is your man. Doesn't, doesn't sound like a horrible idea. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Chatting after the show. I was, Ooh. I was looking at Frazier's roster today. And I was like, I wonder what he would want for Zeke. I was like, I don't know. I was hearing some rumblings that Zeke's name was getting floated out there recently. So, you know, he is. seems like he's available. What I really huh. want is my 22 first back for Zeke, but someone <laughs> is playing hardball. So. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, um, do you have anything for us or anything that you'd like to share with the league or the world? You know, let's not forget this is a global platform, so feel free. This is your, this is your microphone. Yeah, I mean, as 
as our stat guy Josh showed us, got the youngest roster in the league, a lot of potential, the Rugs Rats, just a bunch of kids looking to find their way, and damn, if they do, watch the fuck out. <laughs> That's the that's the slogan. That's what's on the wall in the locker room. Man, if we figure things out, watch out. I'm telling you. As these, we're just figuring out how to walk right now. We're just crawling around the floor everywhere, getting terrible twos, just living our lives. But once we figure out how to walk and then eventually run, <laughs> you do need to walk before you can run. That <laughs> this is objective fact. Well, all right. Um, the Rugs Rats were were four and ten in their opening season, but again, that did not entirely reflect the abilities that you showed in your first season here in Web. I mean, you fit right in. You made a ton of trades. You brought in a ton of talent, and you have the youngest squad in the league. And you guys are ready for a big push here. Uh, over the next few years. So, I mean, congratulations for for that, and best of luck to you in 2021, Riley. Best of luck to you guys, too. Thanks a lot for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> we will be back next week with our number nine team. I don't even have the list in front of me, but it's somebody. So, Josh. Yes. It's Re- Reans Rebels. We got the <laughs> Reans Rebels next week. So that'll be a fun one. We will catch you then. Let's make it a great week.